Welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 7th of March 2020. And the title of this episode is Thank Your Goblin King Today. This week you should thank your Goblin King. March the 4th is International GM's Day. And there's no better day to say thank you to the person who spends unknown hours working behind the scenes so that you can have an enjoyable gaming session. If you are a GM, thank you. March the 4th is also the day Gary Gygax died, the co-creator of Dungeons & Dragons. The dates are a coincidence though. Gygax passed away in 2008, and International GM's Day was born on N-World, was founded in 2002. As you would expect, there's a big sale on at DriveThruRPG to mark the day, and there are 53,000 products with pretty big discounts available. When I looked, Ultra Modern 5 for 5th edition by DirectX Machines Gamer was the best seller, and it was beating some pretty huge RPG titles. If you're interested in knowing more about DirectX Machine Games, then they received the Geek Native RPG Publisher Spotlight in November last year, so you can check that out. Meanwhile, I noticed the 20th anniversary edition of Vampire the Masquerade was outselling the 5th edition of the game, and the Alien RPG from Free League Publishing was outselling The Witcher. Now, perhaps that's because everybody already has a copy of The Witcher TTRPG. A game that's not in the sale, but published this week, that you can now get on Amazon, is Jim Henson's The Labyrinth Adventure Game. I think it's one of those games that people will want in hardback, not PDF though. I mean, it looks like a book from the iconic movie. The Labyrinth RPG is a book that has a hole cut through the pages, a hidden object style, which holds two dice, and the book is illustrated by people who worked on the movie. It's written by Ben Milton, for the most part anyway. Now he's a YouTuber known as Questing Beast, and a designer better known for OSR stuff. However, Labyrinth is mainly adventure rather than system. You're encouraged to use your own preferred mechanics, but if that's not an option, then there is a lightweight set of rules in the book. The GM in Labyrinth is known as the Goblin King. They're the master of the maze and responsible for engineering all the encounters and hardships your characters might encounter on the way. Next year, then, it might be possible to be playing a Labyrinth during International GM's Day and you'll have a chance to thank your Goblin King. You won't have to wait until next year for free RPG Day. That's on the 13th of June this year, so just a few months away. Why are we talking about it now? Well, the new owners of the event have just announced their partners. These are publishers like Goodman Games, Green Ronin, Pezio, Steve Jackson Games, Fantasy Flight Games, Cubicle 7, Pelgrim Press, Modifius and others, and they will be providing freebies for the stores that take part. The goal of Free RPG Day is to encourage gamers to try a new game and to visit their local store. This year we've seen virtual tabletops and D&D command a tremendous amount of market share. And so free RPG day feels as essential as ever. It is kind of weird that Fantasy Flight Games are taking part in free RPG day though. I mean it's widely believed that they are exiting the RPG market despite having the Star Wars license. But they have exited their RPG developers. If you're reluctant to start collecting Star Wars RPG books as a result, but are keen to do something sci-fi, 
than what about the Stargate RPG? You can now sign up to the public playtest of that game. To take part, visit stargatetherpg.com, click play, click gaming groups, then public beta playtest group, and lastly, click group. Now, this may be where you expect me to say all the links are in the show notes. They're not, though. Last week, I made the change. No one complained, and so I'm taking that as a good sign. Dropping all the links to stories mentioned in the show resulted in a mangle of unidentifiable links in many of the podcast platforms, and I don't think it was helpful. Now you will find a link back to the transcript of this episode in Geek Native, and you will find all the links to stories mentioned in that. Let me know if that doesn't work for you. Many people are speaking up about what doesn't work for them in the Stargate RPG. They don't like that it's powered by 5e. It's okay not to like 5e in D&D. Some of these complaints, though, the majority of them, are from people who haven't tried the system. Stargate isn't out yet. It's also important to remember that 5e is settingless. Goblins, dragons, beholders, and elithids are creatures of the Forgotten Realms, not of 5e as such. As a result, it's not entirely accurate to think that because the new Stargate RPG is powered by 5e, that your Resistance members will be fighting beholders. That said, D&D is absolutely associated with Mind Flayers, Dragons and Beholders, etc. And that could absolutely colour the game for you. And that's the risk that Wyvern game designers are taking. I saw one person speculate, Whoa, what next? D&D for Cthulhu? Well, funny you should say that. This week I looked at Whispers in the Dark, The Quick Start, by Matt Corley and M.T. Black. This is a 5e-powered Cthulhu-style setting, and it works really well. You can play as a human, but that doesn't mean you're wholly human. You might have, for example, some deep blood in you. This is a very thorough quick start. It's not free, but has pretty much everything you need to play, minus the magic rules, and you might never need those. A big chunk of the download is a pre-written adventure, and that, I think, proves that 5e can be adapted to a wide range of settings. Now, speaking of settings, there seems to be a whole bunch of them out this week. First up, there was that D&D leak. Yes, another one. For Theros. We're getting another new D&D campaign setting, and it's our second Magic the Gathering overlap. Mythic Odysseys of Theros is now on pre-order on Amazon. It's a setting very much inspired by Greek mythology, and it's a plane in which the gods actively meddle in mortal affairs. Given actual Greek mythology, I did wonder whether Unearth Akana's attempt to introduce the love cleric is related to the setting. Ouch. That might be awkward given how badly it went down, albeit many people believe the drama to have been an overreaction to rules a few people actually read. There's even more evidence of the Greek influence in the new races. Satar and Leonin, a cat people, that the game adds. I wonder what Satar bards would be like to have in your game. Of course, the game might not be like that at all. The cinematic trailer for Magic the Gathering's latest Theros expansion, Theros Beyond Death, is pretty creepy. It deals with the nightmare-eating planeswalker, and yeah, it feels like a nightmare. An entirely more wholesome setting is Tales from the Loop. That stranger things meet robots and with less danger. 
Amazon is about to start showing a TV series based on the art. Out of the blue, but cleverly timed, Free League Publishing have announced a starter box set for the RPG. I've already seen people who have all the books, but they have said they want the starter set as well. Starter sets, I think, are here to stay. They're not just money for the publisher. They do seem to be a popular toe in the water for new players or for experienced gamers looking to sample something new. There are a bunch more settings I want to talk about today. Let's rattle through them. Renegade Game Studios has a kids on bikes powered setting for Junior Brave's survival guide to the apocalypse. This setting is based off uh, Michael Tanner and Zach Lanehar's graphic novel of the same name. The kids have come back from camping only to discover that humanity has been wiped out and the cities are a dangerous place. We also now know a little bit more about the June RPG. We don't know much more, there's no dates, not even a clue as to whether it will be out in time for the movie but we do know 15 creators are working on the game and it's going to dig into the European imperialism that Herbert so expertly hints at. Spice in the dunes? That's oil in the sands, you mean. If, however, playing a character from one of the traditional houses doesn't appeal to you, we now know you can invent your own house for the game. In this week's RPG News Summary column, Routinely Itemised RPGs 38, the lead Kickstarter discovery is a superhero RPG called Ascendant from the publisher Autark. The name Autark rang a bell, and sure enough, I was writing about them back in 2013, and for the Dwimmermount Mega Dungeon, this was a Kickstarter that ran into difficulties when the IP owner stopped communicating. Looking back at it, Autark seemed to be the ones heroically powering on and working hard to ensure backers eventually got pledges. I'm pleased to see Autark back on Kickstarter and doing well. The new game out that I'm most tempted by is a mature rated one, and that's the Punk Apocalyptic what a name, RPG. Punk Apocalyptic is essentially a post-consumerism apocalypse setting from a Spanish company called Badroll. That already leads me to believe that it will have a very different feel than, say, what an American post-consumerism setting. The designer of the RPG is Robert J. Schwab, whose dark fantasy Shadow the Demon Lord is also on my checkout list and is getting excellent reviews. The punk apocalyptic RPG puts you in the role of a mercenary in the wilds outside the protections of the megacities. The mature warning implies gore and violence, but explicitly warns of the occasional boob in the artwork. Another new game announced this week is Critical Role. They're getting their own munchkin set. USA Opoly, or the OP, however that brand wishes to be known, are the people making it happen. We're not expecting any boobs in the munchkin art. I want to end with two recommendations from outside the world of RPGs. First up is a short film, only 12 minutes long, from Seth Rowley called Darker Colours. You can find it on YouTube, in this transcript, or by searching Geek Native. It's a kids on bike story, minus the bikes, and features monsters drawn in chalk and crayon. If you want something to get you in the mood for the coming Tales of the Loop TV show, then this may be the thing. Lastly, there's a new comic book from Rack Queen's Curtis J. Raby called Dryad. The first issue feels like a session zero of an RPG to me, and that's a good thing. We have new parents trying to make their way through the forest to take their kids somewhere safe. 
And then, after finding an abandoned temple, they find this sleepy hamlet and decide to call that home. It's early days, but I'm looking forward to the next issue. And on that note, let's call it a wrap. Keep safe, be well, and tune in next week.